This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Thank you. God is good. Uh, where would any of us be without the mercy and grace with God? Amen. Amen. You can be seated. It's awesome to be here. You guys have an awesome church. I have loved Church of the Harvest and Pastor Bob for a long time. But you know, y'all have a great church. I saw just how great this church is just even out in the foyer. I walked in the foyer and I talked to one of your great church ladies. And she was sharing with me how this church has really touched her. And she said that a couple weeks ago she was here at the service and Pastor Bob was preaching out of Acts 2.38. If y'all heard of that scripture, you know, it says, repent and be baptized for the remission of sin and the, uh, in the name of Jesus Christ, and then you shall receive the Holy Ghost. So she says she was at service here and she went home, but when she went home, her, she walked in and her door was kicked in. And the door was kicked in. She knew there was a burglar in there and she just, she just come out of church. She was kind of brave and she stepped in into the uh, kitchen real quick and she ran face first into a burglar. And she just kind of froze up. She didn't know what to say. And she just remembered what Pastor Bob was preaching on. She said, Acts 2.38. <laughs> and the burglar, he just jumped down on the ground and said, please, please. And he put his hands over the head. She went and called 911. Olive Branch police came out. And they came out and arrested this guy. And uh, uh, the police officer put him in the back of the car and said, man, you're really weak. <laughs> I mean, you just jumped on the ground. late. The little lady um, from that church, she just quoted a Bible verse. He said, Bible verse? That lady said she had an axe in 238. <laughs> so I just, you know, so y'all keep using the word here that you learned from Pastor Bob because it's, it's going to work. It'll work one way or the other. God's going to use it somehow. Amen. Uh, now the good part of the story is a burglar has now been accepted into the Warrior Center. He's coming in our program next week. Okay. All right. So now, just so you know, that story's not real. It was just to make you laugh. I was trying to make you laugh. See, because all I like to do is get you laughing first. That way you can take your medicine. Amen. Because <laughs> God's word is medicine. Well, I am David Vincent. I'm with the Warrior Center. We are, um, you know, rescue mission here in the Memphis area, 64-bed facility. We reach out to men and women and veterans battling homelessness, addiction, or any life-controlling problem, anything that the devil uses on people to hold them back for what God has for them. Amen. We have uh, uh, recently started, about a year and a half ago, uh, a women's rescue mission. It's called the Breakthrough Center for Women. It's right here in Olive Branch, Mississippi. And... Uh, I have our lovely ladies here with us today, and God's been blessing that, and it's been moving forward. Um, as you saw the clip, we have recently started, it's a, a YouTube show, it's called Rescue Mission 901, just to give you an inside view of a frontline ministry rescue mission kind of environment, kind of like a mini little reality show. You can, all you got to do is get on YouTube, look up Rescue Mission 901, and you can uh, subscribe, like, and, and it help, it'll help us tremendously, help us get the word out. Amen. Uh, some people asked me, they said, how did you get involved, you know, in this? You know, y'all know that hair commercial with that guy, you know, who used to be bald, kind of like me, but even worse, you know, he says, how, how did you, he goes, well, I was first a client, you know, I, I, that's, that's what sucked me into this, you know, I used to not have any hair, and that's why I got into this business, it's kind of the same thing, the reason why I, I was called to this ministry, because I came out of all the same stuff, amen, um, and I, I like to tell, you know, you can call me Dr. 
David Vincent. Because I received my master's degree in hard knocks at Fraser University, okay? <laughs> and then since I've been in the ministry, I received my doctorate in trials and tribulation. So you can just call me Dr. Dave, okay? All right. Um, but, there are, but it, you know, God, you know, touched my life. Let me tell you, my life was really, really low. I know there's some people uh, maybe even lower, but I was pretty low. You know, I was pretty low. Of course, I grew up in Memphis in the inner city. Uh, I never knew my father. He left my mom, you know, uh, when I was one. I didn't know him my whole entire childhood. We would meet uh, about 27 years later in a church, okay? Uh, but I didn't really know my father. All I was told is he didn't care about you. He didn't ever want to see you again. He turned his back on you and walked away. And that was, that was what was said to me. Uh, I had a stepfather that stepped into our life and praise God for him. But he had a lot of problems. He was left home at 14. He was in bike gangs. He murdered three people. He was very abusive. So, you know, you, you, know, you, you imagine what he would do that. You know, kind of what I, what I lived through. Definitely being beat to unconsciousness, beat with straps, slapped, hit, kicked. Uh, one time, just at the age of eight years old, uh, he, um, human, uh, pe- you know, the human resources people, the people who, you know, the child protective custody people, they came in and tried to take me away from my family just because of the abuse and the neighbors calling and that sort of thing. And my, my, my family moved in the middle of the night across town. Back then, it wasn't really easy. It wasn't like the day where you can keep up people, but they actually moved in the middle of the night just to get them off of us. So, you know, there's a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, lots of abuse, lot, lots of, and I, and I was, a, I grew up a very angry child before, before that, uh, started fires, got in fights, got kicked out of school. One time somebody invited me to the church when I beat up a kid and started a fire in their bathroom. They, for some reason, they didn't want me to come back anymore for a little while, you know, but, you know, but, you know, I mean, I, you know, I was a very angry, lost soul. That's the best I can say it. But one of the worst things that got a hold of me was being a thief. My mom was a really bad thief. She had a lot of mental issues and emotional problems. So she, she had that spirit on her, and she would steal in front of me when I was a little kid. And so when I was four and five years old, I would see her um, shoplifting in front of me and changing tags in stores and that sort of thing. So my earliest memories, I was five years old, and I got my parents kicked out of a trailer park because I was five, and I was running around the trailer park stealing so much. At five, we moved across town, uh, the lovely town of West Memphis, into a duplex. I got them kicked out of there too because I was so out of control. Got my, uh, moved over to the lovely town of Fraser in Memphis, Tennessee. Got my first arrest at six years old for shoplifting. Uh, I was nine years old. I broke into my first house. I did it for my mom. She sent me down the street to go in the house for her. Uh, and then it just kept growing. Age of 14, I, I broke into business through the roof. Uh, age of 18, 19, I'm full scale burglar. Break, crack, and save, stealing collectibles, uh, 19, 20, 20 years old. I'm traveling the country, and I'm, I'm a, a professional criminal. Uh, over my life, I was arrested over 30 times and 18 felony charges. All right? So, you know, you can say I was a little messy, you know? But uh, thank God for a messy cross that can pull us out of all of that. Amen? But in the middle of that, January uh, 21st, 1997, man, I'm coming up on 20 years. Man, time flies when you're having fun. Amen? And uh, January 21st, 1997, I'm in jail. I have, tr- I have um, six new felonies on my record. Um, in DeSoto County Jail, I got five holes from five different counties in Tennessee. I already got 13 felony convictions. I'm going to jail for a long time. I got three little babies, beautiful children that I do not deserve, and they're not going to see me uh, until they graduate of high school, and I'm going to be walking out of, out of that prison in about 15 years and so I got down on the jail cell floor, and I cried out to a God that I knew was real. 
and I begged him for mercy. And I made this deal with him. I said, if you will get me out of this and show me mercy one more time, because he'd done it before, because I knew God. I was a child of God, as messed up as I was, because he touched my life as a small child. And as messed up as I was, I got down and I was weeping and I'm crying. And I said, Lord, please have mercy. And the Lord spoke to me. And it was in a verse, in a voice I could feel, you know, not audible, I didn't hear it, but it was on the inside of my heart and I heard it, but it was so strong, it's almost like your blood quits flowing, you know, like everything gets still. And, I, and God said, David, I'm going to hear your prayer, I'm going to have mercy on you, I'm going to deliver you out of every one of these charges. That's what he said. Within weeks, things started happening, miracles started happening, all I can say, God kept his promise, every charge fought, fell, no jail could hold me, I walked out one year later instead of 15, and I ain't never looked back, God, God kept his promise, amen. And he always keeps his promise. As Matthew 19, 26 says, with God, all things are possible. Amen. All things are possible. So just a little share. Uh, I want to share a little bit about the testimony, but I want to share with you a little bit of what I learned because I think it can help because, you know, we all have our problems. We all have our mess. I know uh, the Warrior Center and Breakthrough Center here, they're like me. They're kind of the rough crew, a little rough around the edges, you know, and we have to understand God's grace. These, these are some of the things, the key things that I learned in all that almost 20 years ago. And uh, one of those things that I learned was that all God wanted was my life. Amen? That's, 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 that's all he ever wanted. Now, I, I try to make this deal with God, you know, because I was a very good manipulator, you know, really, really smooth talker. I try to, uh, you know, manipulate God, you know, and because of his grace and mercy, it works sometimes. Of course, under normal circumstances, a month or two later, I'm going right back to the same mess. Uh, I made, you know, I asked God, I said, God, if, you, if you'll give me, my, give me one more chance, I'll give you my life. But we you know what I found out is that's all God ever wanted anyway. Amen. He created me. He created you. He has a plan. He is the artist. Nobody knows the painting more than the artist. Nobody loves the painting more, more than the artist. And so that's all God wanted was me to give me his life. I also learned that God could redeem my past. It didn't matter what happened yesterday and in, and in my childhood and last year. It didn't matter about my record. It didn't matter what I did last week. It doesn't matter what you did last night. God can still redeem your past. Amen. What, is redeem? what does that mean, redeem? That means bring good out of it. That he could actually take a bunch of burn-up ashes and mess of our life, poor choices, sin, failure, destruction, everything the enemy has done in your life, that he could actually bring something good out of it. Amen. And then I also learned that my past, in fact, my past was actually my training ground. That every mistake I made, every failure, every sin, every fall, every traumatic event, every beating, every crazy situation, that every single step of the way was my training ground. And by learn, understanding that, it helped me to deal with it. Helped me to kind of move forward and let go. Amen. This, this conference is called, anybody remember? Arise and engage. I want to talk to you this morning about those two things. Arise and engage. Turn to your, turn to your Bibles to Acts chapter 9, verse 6. Acts chapter 9, verse 6. Let me kind of break you down where we're at on the story right here. The Apostle Paul, he's on the road to Damascus, you know. He's a million miles from the Lord. He's killing Christians at that time. So I would say he's pretty far away from God, right? <laughs> right? So he's on the road to Damascus, and he gets touched. The Lord touches him. You know, light shines on him, blinds him, he falls to the ground, and, and, and the Lord starts speaking to him. 
speaks, speaks into his life. Says, why are you been fighting me? Why have you been kicking against the pricks? You know, and basically Jesus reveals himself to the apostle Paul. After he reveals himself to the apostle, the apostle Paul, he says this. Our, there's our word there. Arise and go. In the NIV is what I'm reading out of. Arise and go, and it shall be told you what you must do. Amen? Arise and go. So Jesus tells Paul to arise. Now let me ask you this. When he told Paul, arise and go, arise and go, did he tell him everything that's going to happen? Did he give him the end of the story? You know, did he say, okay, this, this is what I want you to do, and this is how this is going to work? See, some of us want to say, you know, God, tell me what you want me to do. Tell me how everything's going to turn out. It don't work like that. So, somebody say, it don't work like that. That's right, because God wants you, you to grow in faith and, and, and use your faith. All right? So he says, arise and go, and then it shall be told to you about your future, what God has for you. See, what God wants us to do is take that step first. He said, he gave him a word, arise and move forward and go. And the, the apostle Paul had to do that. What if he would have been hard-headed and said, no, I, I, need a, I need a hospital for the blind is what I need. Because I still can't know. He just did what that first word said. Now, so he didn't just, he had to go first before he would find out what God called him to do. Not only that, could Paul even see clearly at that time? No, he was still blind. He was still blind for a few more days, but he still listened to the word of the Lord and, and, and moved forward. One thing I, I want you to understand is that every person in this room, every human being that the Lord creates, they have a purpose. Amen? And, and, and if, you, you're, if you're a Christian and child of God, it's a good purpose. Everybody has a purpose. The Bible says even the evil have their purpose. The lost who are going to hell have a purpose. Do you know that? The Bible says it. That their purpose is so God can take care of evil in the last day and to show all of us. Amen? That's what the Bible says. Even the evil have a purpose. All right. But when you're a child of God, you have a divine purpose. It's a good purpose. That means God has a plan for your life. Amen? Some of us think, well, I'm not worthy of that. Guess what? It ain't got anything to do with your, your, worth, your worth. I mean, what you think. The Lord calls you worthy if you, if you be in Christ. But understand, but if you're going to find out your divine purpose and you're going to arise, you're going to kind of get in your place what God has called you to do, you're going to have to do something first. Amen? You're going to have to step forward. You're going to have to move forward. You've got to understand that God needs you. Did you know that? Think about that. God needs you. The Lord needs you. There's people counting on you. Did you know that? That if you do not walk in God's divine assignment, that assignment he's, got, he's given you, if you do not walk, did you know that lives will be affected for that? That there's people who will not see that, that living testimony, will not be touched by your words, they will not be touched by your life because you aren't doing what you were called to do. All right? So God needs you to do that. And so what we got to do is, sometimes in Christians we kind of live in this, middle ground, you know, and, and God doesn't really have all of our life, and, and so we don't get to find out what our really gifts and callings are, what, what, what he's called us to do. But we got to, first thing you got to do is do something, and you got to get involved, get involved in your church, serve. I mean, you know, if I can do it, you can do it. Amen. Look, I was a nothing and a nobody, but I could cut the grass at the church. Amen. And, I, and, and, and I'm, I, I may have had a really, really bad past, but a year later, I could go down to the rescue mission in West Memphis and volunteer, amen? And then I could go into jail and say, you know what, I'm not really all that in a bag of chips, and I've kind of got a really bad past, but I might be a step in you. Let me tell you, I used to be on this side, 
God can help you. There is still hope. Amen. So we, we can, no matter what you've been through and what you've done, there's always somebody a little bit lower than you who needs some help and you can give a word to. But, you know, what we got to do is, you know, if you're going to find out what you're called to do, who you're call, called to become, you have to do something. Amen. You have to, to be involved and you have to do something. And, and, and now to step forward to do that, also you got to understand there are things holding you back. How many know that? There's a lot of demonic strongholds that hold us back from God's best, and the devil's trying to keep us from becoming what the Lord wants us to become. The enemy has two things. He don't have a foot, right? Now, look, I've tripped up and I've you know, struggled with the best of them because I had a, a messy past. You know, even in trying to walk in the Lord and move forward, you know, I don't know about you, but I struggled. Maybe some of y'all are really pretty, you know, really pretty and all put together. I struggled hard, but I had a really, really bad, bad past, a lot, lot of, you know. But, you know, even in my struggles, I never saw no foot come up from hell and reach up and come up out of the ground and trip me up. Has anybody ever really done that? You know, the old saying, you know, the devil made me do it. He ain't going to make us do anything, right? We're going to choose to do that. But he does have tactics, and, you know, some of his tactics are this, deception and discouragement. Okay, what, he'll do, what will he do to make you, get you off track? He will deceive you, lie to you about who you are in Christ, about that you're forgiven, that you don't have to be ashamed, that you've got a call and purpose on your life, that you are worthy of something, that he died for you, and he has a plan for your life, and he's got uh, blessings for you in the future. All the desires of your heart, the Word says. That, you know, but the enemy don't want you to believe all that stuff. Why? Because if you believe all that, your, your future will be different, right? It'll be in the Lord, and it'll be what God's called. So he, he'll lie to us and get us to believe. Let me tell you something. What you believe is very important, ladies. I mean, if you, you know, if you believe lies, then your life is going to be affected, right? So he, he, he will deceive us. And then the greatest thing he does to hold Christians back is that the dirty word called discouragement, you know? We go through trials, we go through tribulations, the car breaks down, marriage troubles, kid troubles, money troubles, all this stuff, and we struggle in life, and all this discouragement comes at us, and it has a way of holding us back, keeping us from God's best. I love the story about an elephant. They say, you know, in the circus, you know how they train baby elephants to, to keep control of them? They'll take a brand new baby elephant, they, they weigh about 200 pounds when they're first born, Right? And they'll have them in the, in the circus, and they'll tie a little rope on them. And that baby elephant has that little rope, and that baby elephant, two months old, three months old, and it's growing 300 pounds, 400 pounds, five, you know, but it can't, it can't pull that rope. That rope, hold, and it's trying to pull. They got the stake in the ground. They got a little rope on its neck, and it's holding this baby, and that baby elephant tries to pull and can't get free. He tries to pull and can't get free. Eventually, the baby elephant just quit trying. I can't get free. That's all there is for me. I'm just a little, little, little path around this little stake. I'm not strong enough to make it. I'm not strong enough to get free. Thing about it is that baby elephant starts growing. 1,000 pounds, 2,000 pounds, 3,000 pounds, 6,000 pounds. Some African elephants go all the way to 13,000 pounds, right? But some of these huge 6,000-pound elephants, they'll be in a circus, and they'll have a little rope and a stake or a little chain and stake, and it'll hold them back. All that elephant has to do is just do one little hard tug, you know, and it's going to rip that stake out of the ground and, 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 uh, and, and, and run wild. But you know what? You know what holds it back? What held it back when it was little. In the same way, we have to get free of the enemy's deception and, and discouragement and don't let 
the enemy holds you back for what God has called you to be. Amen? And here's something else you know, the Lord taught me is that I don't have to be perfect. Yes, I, I, I try to do my best every day. You know, I do my best every day to, to, to live, live for God, to give Him every day, give Him my everything. But I don't have to be perfect. Bible tells us. Why, why, would, the Bible, why would Paul tell Timothy to be strong in the grace of the Lord? Because he would need it. You know, amen. Why, why, would, why would the Apostle Paul say in Romans 8, 1, there is now therefore no condemnation for those who walk by the Spirit, not according to the flesh. What's he saying there? You're doing your best you can to seek God and follow Him. There's no condemnation. Every day you're white as snow, righteous, you're the righteousness of Christ. Just keep hanging on. Just keep fighting and don't give up. Amen. Uh, I love one of my favorite verses in all the Bible, Psalm 23, 6. I read it sometimes when I'm struggling, when I'm discouraged. Because I may be discouraged. I may feel like, oh, oh boy, I'm not a man of faith and power. I'm a man of paste and flour right now. You know, <laughs> uh, you know just really, really struggling. But I can just, I can just read Psalm 23, 6. And I say, you know what? No matter what happens, no matter what goes on, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And then I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Take that, devil. Sit down. Shut up. You know, we can't let them hold us back. You can't, you can't, let, them, you can't let your past hold, back, hold you back. You can't let the lies hold you back. You can't let shame and guilt and the fact that you aren't perfect and that you got a past hold you back. Let me tell you something. If I would have let all that junk hold me back, I would. I'd be back in jail today because I wouldn't have walked in my calling. Because I didn't walk in my calling, the enemy would have pulled me back in, in the, into my past, and that's where I would be. Amen. You can't let the enemy do you like that and hold you back. I love the, st you love the story. There's a farmer. He had his donkey. I have a lot of stories, but I get $100 a story, so that's why I share a lot of, <laughs> lot of stories. All right. There's a farmer. He had this donkey, and uh, he had this uh, old whale out on the property. And this, he loved this donkey. He had the donkey about six years working around on the farm. The donkey fell down into this pit, and the pit was like 30 feet deep, but it, was, it wasn't very you know, wide. And so when this donkey fell down in the pit, the, 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 the farmer went down into the pit and did everything he could to get that donkey out. And so he dropped a rope down on the donkey, and he tried to hook it and pull it up. He'd get the donkey up about six, eight feet, and that donkey, yee-haw, yee-haw, and fall back down. He did everything. He did everything to hook that. Now, finally, you know, he, you know, 24 hours passed, and he says, I don't have no choice. I have no choice. I can't let this donkey, I mean, I love this old, old donkey. He's been a good donkey, worked hard around the farm. I'm going to have to kill it. I'm going to have to kill it. Well, how am I going to kill it? I mean, I don't, you know, I'm going to have to bury it alive. Have to bury it alive. So he gets him a shovel, and he just says, you know what? I'm going to put the donkey out of his misery. He goes over there, and he starts digging. Throwing the, and when he starts digging, the donkey starts getting scared and starts squealing like crazy. And he's hearing all the, and it's really, really hard. And he's just trying to, to, to keep that out of his mind. He says, I got to put this donkey out of, out, of, out of his memory. So he starts shoveling. And, and then he notices the donkey has quit screaming, squealing. So he's like, what's wrong? I guess I've covered him up. I guess he, did, he, you know, he don't have any. And he goes and he looks into that pit. And that donkey is sitting on top of a bunch of dirt. And he thinks, that, what in the world? And he, 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 he takes a couple more scoops and he throws it down in there. And the donkey, when the, the dirt hit him, he just shook off the dirt and stepped up. He said, I don't believe this. This donkey is, is shaking off the dirt that I'm throwing at him and stepping up. 
So the farmer got as bright as the donkey. And he just kept throwing dirt, and that donkey would just shake off the dirt and step up. More dirt would come down, he would just shake off the dirt, and he would step up. That donkey rolled that, that whale all the way to the top. And in the same way, I didn't make up that story. It's a real story. I read it. It's a good story, though. It'll preach. Amen. But in the same way, we, we got to do the same thing. You got to learn to, to, that with, with the, what the Apostle Paul told Timothy, hey, you got to be strong in the grace of God if you're going to make it in this world. You've got to be strong in the grace of God if you're going to be a real disciple, not just a believer. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to deal with things and overcome things, and you're going to get to go through things as we all do. The Bible says, through much persecution and tribulation and trials do we enter into the kingdom of God, right? We're, we're behind enemy territory. This isn't always going to be peaches and cream for us. There are good moments, and there's also things we go through. But you have to shake off the dirt and step up to overcome his deception. Amen. Um, speak to you about engage. Turn to Daniel 11.32. Guys, Daniel 11.32, if you got it, reading out of the NIV here. Daniel says this in Daniel 11.32. The people that know their God, they shall be strong and do great exploits. Amen. The people that know their God, you know God. you got a close relationship with God. You have faith in God. It says the people that know their God, they shall do strong exploits. What's that saying? That we shall do great things for God. Amen? Did you know you are called to do great things for God? And sometimes That doesn't mean you're called to preach or doesn't mean that you got to come down you know, and start a, a rescue mission. Everybody has their different callings. Someone may be called to be a housewife because of something that God has called you to do in your children. Some people may be called to, to work at the city or to be in, in politics or to own your own business or to be a teacher. God, but God has called us all to do great things. Amen? And, how, who, and, and, and in this fight that we engage, we engage the enemy and we reach out, you know, how we do that and who do we do it for? Well, we know the Bible says we do it for who? The lost. Amen? The Bible calls us as believers that we are to redeem the lost. Amen? That we're to seek and save. And how do we do that? Well, with the gospel, the preaching the good news. You know, that God isn't mad at you, that God, that God loves you, that God has a better plan. And, and we are to share this good news everywhere we can. Amen? And every nook and every cranny, the Bible says to take it to the ends of the earth. Amen? That we are to share this good news with the lost. Who are some of the people we are to aim to help? Well, we can look at Jesus' life and his word to find that out. Because who did Jesus hang around at with a lot? The poor, the sinner, the broken, the religious. What did the religious people say to Jesus? Look at him, he's running around with prostitutes. Look at him, he's got a bunch of dirty lepers with him. Look at him. Oh, look at him. Yeah, he's eating in our house, but does he know that woman that's touching him? Does he know who she is and what she's done? He ain't a prophet. If he was a prophet, he wouldn't let a whore touch him. That's what they said, Right? All right, but this was who you know, Jesus hung around with. He, he said, you know, he, he said, you know, the, you know, it's the sick that need the Lord. Amen. The sick and the broken. The Bible says in the book of James, it tells us, you know, what, what's pure, undefiled religion? He says to help the orphans and the widow. Now, what's an orphan and a widow? Defenseless, right? So he starts at the very bottom. I want you to reach out and do something to help 
the defenseless. And you can step it up. I want you to help orphans, and I want you to help widows, and I want you to help women who, who, uh, who've been abused by men and, 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 and by society, and I want you to help drug addicts, and I want you to help the lost, and I want you to help the homeless, and I want you to help the veterans that need help, and I want you to help those that are in prison. I want you to go speak to them just like I was there, just like you were coming to see me. That, that's the word he shared with us. And you don't have to have a doctorate degree like me to do all that. You don't. You can just take your little uh, life experience and get involved and do something. Amen? That's who he's called us. And Jesus said this in Luke chapter 14, 12 and 13. It's a beautiful scripture. It's, if you have red letter Bible, it's in the red. It's the Lord speaking. He says, when you throw a grand, beautiful meal, don't call your family members and your business partners and the people that you, that can, you, know, you can come into your meal and you, and you look good. But I want you to invite the poor, the lame, the blind. Yes, they're going to be messy. Yes, they're going to come in with dirty shoes. They're going to make a mess. They're going to talk like they shouldn't talk. They're going to not be discreet about anything. They're going to be really rough around the edges. But that's the kind of people I want you to reach out. The Lord said it. I didn't say it. Amen. I'm not just some guy who works at a rescue mission trying to manipulate you. That's what the Lord said. Amen. That he wants us and, and look, we all go through different, you had different life experiences, different things. You know, if God, you have a burden, I think, if God, you have a burden for a certain type of person, somebody, then that, I think the Lord put it there. But we are called to help the defenseless, to help the weak, to help the broken, to help the blind, to help the lame. Amen? We are called. Why? And why, why would God do that? I mean, why would God do that? Why would he tell us? Because he cares so much about them. Amen? God loves people. He loves the worst. He loves the most broken among us. Nothing, nothing in my life showed me just how much God loves people uh, like this story I'm going to share. Another story, another $100. All right. I, uh, I'd, started re I'd, I'd done some volunteer work at a rescue mission. A lot of times their beds were full. I would do some street ministry. Uh, there was a couple um, that I met out there in the streets. And I met them and, and became friends, and God just really put them on my heart. I mean, these were Christian people. I met them, and they used to go to the same church that I went to right now. Like, I, that didn't make any sense to me. How could a man and a woman be on the streets, homeless, sleeping behind a gas station, and they used to go to my church. It didn't make sense. The questions were answered. There was addiction, generational curses, but it just didn't make any sense to me. I mean, this is a, a man and woman, and they're a Christian. So I began... Uh, ministering to them, becoming friends. Me, me and my little girls would go out there and take them food, take them medicine. And I was always trying to get them help. And I was always, and, but they never would accept it. One time I asked them to go to church and they accepted. They blew me away. They accepted. And it was a, a revival meeting. Uh, the pastor was preaching. At the end of that message, they both came down the altar weeping and crying. God touched them, touched their lives at the altar in a mighty way. All right. After they left, and, and, and understand, you know, my mindset was, I was before that, it's like, God, I'm going to do every, I will not rest until I get them off the streets. I'm just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to accept this. I will not rest until I get them off the streets. So that was kind of the way I, I, I dealt with them for about six months. So finally, after begging them to come to church, and they came to church, and they got touched. And I'm talking about, uh, you know, a man that was completely drunk, left that altar. God touched him. It was a miracle. He was totally sober, sane in mind, talking normal, totally just, you know, almost like the man ain't drinking two years. That's, that's how God touched him. They walk out in the truck and they say, well, David, where are you going to take us now? 
So I'll take you back to that store. I got you. What do you mean? I mean, we did our thing, right? We did church. And then, you know, I kind of got arrested. And God was like, you can't put them back out there. You're going to have to take them home. Like, oh, Lord, have mercy. Man, I got it. Man, I got kids, I got, man, I got a business, I got a, a landscaping, I mean, what in the world? But I just, you know, God told me to do it, he put it on my heart, so I did it. They stayed there about three weeks, we got them a room in the house, we got them back in church. I'm sitting in the back row uh, a little bit later, and they're up, you know, the cool people sit in the back row, all you people all the way across there, y'all are the cool people. So I was sitting in the, in the back row, that guy's a 49er fan, he is not cool people, he's not cool people. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding, brother. I love you. Cowboy's going to get you, though. We're going to get you. All right. Um, all right. I, I just knocked myself off track here, all right? So I was on the back row with the cool people, and I'm sitting there, and, and, and they were, and I looked up at them, and here's me, this old piece of garbage in my mind still at that thing. I mean, I, mean, I, I you know, how could God ever do something with somebody like me? And I'm looking up in the middle, and I see this man and woman worshiping God. And tears are running down their face. And they're, they're praising God. And I'm like, wow. Wow, look at that. Who would have thought that somebody like me could get to be a part of something like that? And as I'm watching them worship God, and I'm feeling all that, and I just feel the Lord's presence all over me, God spoke to me in that same voice that spoke to me on that jail cell floor. And here's what he said. Thank you, David. Thank you. You can have anything you want. He gave me, I, I'm, you say, you're crazy. Well, I might be, might be. But he said that. He said, thank you, David. Anything you want, you can have. I felt that. I knew that voice. I, and I'm like, I just, wow. I mean, he, he, he kind of gave me that kind of same kind of prayer that he gave Solomon, you know? You know, you know, you, you know, you, you know where you, you can have anything. Now, I did not get in the flesh. I should have gotten a flesh. And I, and I should have asked for a million dollars. I should have asked for riches and glory and to be the mayor of Memphis. I don't know. I should have, I should have done. You know, but I didn't, I didn't have time to get in the flesh because I was so in the spirit and God was speaking, you know. And I asked for something, and it was a, something spiritual. And I got it. Amen. Because God, God got it. But, but that, that was my request. But I'm just saying, you know, I learned so much that, that God would tell me, thank you for reaching down in their life, for remembering somebody who was an outcast. I didn't forget them. Everybody, everybody in their church may have forgotten them, but God didn't forget them. And just the fact that I would get involved in that, that that would touch his heart because he loved them so much. Amen. But see, you got to understand why, you know, God has compassion. The Bible says time after time, God, you know, the Lord looked on them and he was moved with compassion. Amen. If we're going to move forward, if we're going to rise and engage, if you're going to find your calling in life, if you're going to you know, step up, shake off the dirt, move forward and do what God's called you to do, you're going to have to let some things go, though. Amen? You're going to have to let some things go. Uh, I, wanna sh you know, I know many, there's many people, in there, there's, guys, there's men in the, in the Warrior Center, you know you've got a calling on your life. There's uh, men and women in this church, you know you've got a calling on your life. There's women at the Breakthrough Center, you know you have a call. You know you're called to do something. You may not know what it is, but you know you're called to do But what you need to understand, that you, just because you're called to do something and be something, doesn't mean that you will. You still have to walk it out. One of the greatest youth ministers I've ever met in my life, that he had such a calling for youth ministry, came into our program. 
He is so hard-headed, though. You know, he was a rebel. You know, those rebels, you know. And I always think they got one more chance. He blew his heart up in a hotel room smoking crack. And he had one of the greatest anointings for, for youth ministry that I've ever seen. And still, in all 19 years of ministry. Right? So you've got to understand, just because you have a calling doesn't mean you're going to walk it out. And there was, there was a time in my life I'd been doing good and in church for a couple years. I was starting to help and serve God, and I was doing some things. But I still had some strongholds. I still had some struggles. I still had some issues. I still had some stuff in my life that didn't need to be there. You know? I, 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 I was still... Ha- you know, doing some things I didn't need to do and pulled, you know, back and forth because and, I had all these demonic strongholds still from my past. And, and uh, one time this prophet was at the church and he, caught, he was up there. And at the end, I just knew God wanted me to go up for prayer. And I went up for prayer and he ministered to me and he said something. I knew it was from the Lord. He said, he was real nice. Thank God for nice prophets who don't just tell all your stuff to everybody on the microphone. He, 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 was, he said, the Lord has a word for you, David. And here's what he said. He said, you've been through a lot. You know, God's using you. You know, your heart's right. But you still got some things in your life you need to get rid of. You got some things in your life you, wanna, you need to let go of. And the Lord wants you to know, if you do not let them go, he will not be able to do in your life what he wants to do. Amen. So, so, so we got to understand, you, you, may, God ha, you, you have an assignment, and you have a purpose, but if we hold on to the flesh, if we hold on to this world, if you hold on to it, it can cost you everything. Amen? Just because you got a calling, I mean, praise God for that, and the calling and gifts of God are without repentance. He will never take them back. You'll have that destiny, you'll have that calling until the day you check out of this world. But if you do not give up the things that you need to give up, and let go of those things, guess what? You're going to be like the children of Israel who runs around that mountain again. Yeehaw, let's go around it again. Run around again. Yeehaw, let's get on the horse and run. All you will struggle all of your life and you will miss it. And Jesus tells us this. He, gives, he, he tells us this in, in his word. He says, those who seek to save their life, keep it close, refuse to give it up, hold on to it. You know, they're scared of what they're going to lose. They're scared of what they're going to miss out on. Those that do that, They, in fact, lose their life. What life do they lose? The life that God wanted them to have, their divine assignment, their divine purpose. But it says those that give up their life, those that give up their life, they find it. They find their purpose. They find their destiny. You know, you have an assignment. You were born for this. Amen? You were born for this. But it's now or never. If you don't look at the writing on the wall and see we live in the end times, then you don't have a lot of wisdom. Amen? It is now and never. Right, close, close with this. Uh, the Lord wants a lot from you. Do you know that? I know it's Sunday morning. We're supposed to be a little nicer and sweeter, but I'm a guest speaker, and you already gave an offering, so I can be a little more honest. We don't have to tickle to as much. You know, I got a little room, you know. And Pastor Bob can say later, y'all can say, man, that guy's a jerk from up there. He's a little bit too brutal and honest. This American Christianity, we ain't like that anymore. And he can say, yeah, he's a jerk, but you won't be, don't, you won't be mad at him. You can just be mad at me. But I can be honest with you. The Lord wants a lot from you. He's not, you know, he's not just calling us just to comfortable American Christianity where you give a little, Right? He is actually calling us to give everything. Everything. 
Everything. Don't leave, sir. No, come back. No. No, he, he is, he's calling, and, and you know, I mean, look, look what the Bible says. He says, those that put mother, brother, sister before me, they are not worthy to be called my disciples. Amen? He is, he is calling us to give up everything for the gospel. He's calling us to give up. Now, that don't mean that you got to, you know, leave your car here when you leave, but understand, it's, it's living, unless you want to give it to me, if it's nice, you know, and, and, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's living a life where God has everything. Imagine if you would give everything. That little boy with the loaves and fishes just gave a little basket of loaves and fishes. And look what God did with that. What if you gave everything? What if you, were, you stopped being just a believer, a struggling believer, right? And, and where you believe, yes, you have faith. And you were like me, you knew, knew, knew God, but you weren't a real follower. You weren't a disciple. You weren't sold out. You, you didn't give them everything. Give them your family. Give them your marriage. Give them your business. You didn't, you know, what if, what if you did? Look, look, what, look what he did with the loaves and fishes, little boy. What if, God, what if you gave God everything? What would God do with it? You would, we would be amazed. I was at a place of ministry as I close. I was, I was at a place of ministry. I'm closing on time, amen, because <laughs> I, I got one more hour, and I'm trying to get done in one more hour. All right. Um, I was in a place of ministry. I've been in ministry about five years, and I was really struggling. As I told you, I've got a, the, the doctorate in trials and tribulations, dual doctorate, trials, tribulations, all right? As I was really going through, I mean, five years in mission, utilities getting cut off. Uh, heck, I'm about to be homeless. I mean, just, you know, just struggle, 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 struggle. And I got to a place, I said, God, I'm done because it's too hard. I'm done. You know, I just told the Lord, I'm done. I, I tried my best to help the weak and the lost and the broken, and, and I did, I, you know, but you know what? I've, I've put some years in, and that needs to be good enough, you know, and I need to go back to, I just need to get a regular job, a nine to five, have money, um, quit all this struggling, quit, you know, working in the gutters and in the mud and everything else and all that, 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 that you know, pulling my life down. I, I got to focus on me. I got to focus on my. I got to focus on my children and my home and my future because this ain't working. This is just tearing me down. Of course, the devil in my, whispering in my ear, you're stupid. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your years. God ain't going to do anything with this. You need to worry about you. And so I'm struggling. I'm going through all this. And I kind of start believing it for a minute, believing the deception. All right, and, I, and, 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 and taking into the discouragement in my heart. And I said, Lord, I'm done. I'm done. In two weeks, this whole thing will be closed. I know they were homeless before they came in. I mean, I know they're going to be homeless when they leave, but they was homeless before they got here, so, you know. Uh, I mean, that was my mindset. And, and I, and I, and, and I, I kind of got a little chip on my shoulder with the Lord, to be honest. I've got a rebel background, so I'll be mouthy sometime, even to him. Thank God for his mercy. And, and I, I told God, I mean, I was, I was mad. I remember I was in my room, and I said, man, I, I gave everything for you. I took a book, and I slung it across the room into a wall, and I said, God, I gave everything to you, and my life has fallen apart. And I gave you everything. I'm like, put my chest out to God, you know, like I'm somebody special. I gave you everything, and everything has fallen apart. Uh, later on that night, a uh, lady, a precious spiritual grandmother of mine, her name is Miss Sue Pipkins, she called me over to her house. She said, David, come visit me. She was always very encouraging. She would pray with me, give me scriptures. So I said, okay. So I went over there, and there was another lady in her house. If any of y'all know her, her name is Linda Lee. I hadn't talked to her in a year or two. I didn't know. And we got there, and she said, David, can we pray with you? 
I said, sure, I need some prayer. We got at the kitchen table, and she said, I just feel, and she starts praying for me, and, and the Spirit of God fell in that kitchen, and, and I just felt God there, and I'm just weeping and crying because I'm everything's a mess and, and I just don't see it working out and what am I doing? I've just got this battle going on in my mind. And she said, the Lord, she stood up and she said, the Lord wanted me to tell you something. I look up at her. She said, the Lord, and this, this woman, I ain't seen her in two years. She don't know nothing. She don't know anything going on in my life. She said, the Lord wants you to know, you keep telling him that you gave up everything for him. But David, he says, everything is all he asks for. Oh my gosh, I was just a bag of chips. Just fell down in the floor, just crumbled. Because the Lord has spoke to me. I knew, I knew. I'm like, man, I don't offended God. Woo. He's going to whip me. What's going on? I mean, and he knows how to spank you. I survived. I survived. Let me tell you something. I knew that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob spoke to me in that kitchen that day. And what was he saying? Oh, quit your whining and crying and complaining. Everything ain't going to be easy. You hold on to my word. You hold on to my promises. You don't give up. I'll make a way. I got you. Quit crying. You know, hang in there. Don't give up. Don't be discouraged. Keep your eyes on what I told you I was going to do in your life. Keep your eyes on what I said I was going to do in the, in, in the ministry. Keep your eyes on what you promised me and keep that promise. Keep marching forward and do not let anything hold you back. It don't matter if everybody is against you. It don't matter if nobody believes in you. It don't matter if they all reject you. You keep your eyes on me and you keep marching forward for that which I've called you to do. That's what God spoke into my heart. And so that's our message. We are to arise. We are to engage. You, you, you are to arise and stand up and move forward in life and find out what your assignment is. Amen? And you are to engage the enemy. You are to help those, that, the weak, the abandoned, the lost. You are to serve your church, help those children, build the, build the kingdom of God. That's what you're called to do. You may be a teacher, but you're also called to serve God too. Amen? But if we're going to do that, we have to shake off that dirt, step up, Continue to be faithful. Continue to serve under your pastor so that God can do what he wants you to do. But remember, don't give him half. Don't give him half. We're all, you know, if the Lord tarries, we're all going to die one day. There's going to be a funeral for every one of us. You may be buried. You may be cremated. If the Lord doesn't come back, none of us are living forever. Death is going to get every one of us. Amen. And did you know most people, when they pass away, you know, they, they have all these regrets. And, and talking to Christians, and you talk to these Christians, they did surveys, they were near death. Do you know the number one regret they had? They wished that they would have gave everything. Not just be a churchgoer, not just, you know, but I mean, really gave their whole entire life to the Lord. They wished they would have gave everything. But we're still breathing, and we're still healthy, and we're still in church, and we still got days in front of us, so you can make that decision, and you can give the Lord everything. Amen? You can arise. You can engage. You can find out what God's created you to do. I don't care where you've been, what you've done. I don't care if you're the worst person among us, even worse than me. God can lift you up and do great things in your life. Don't matter if you bumped your head 20,000 times and you failed 10,000. It don't matter. Don't give up. Give the Lord everything. Every head bow.
And, and as every, every head about in a moment, I am going to do an altar call where people can come up for prayer. But first, I want to give a call as the music and worship team comes up here for salvation. Anytime we have, a, we have a group like this, you know, everybody isn't saved. Everybody doesn't know the Lord. And if you're here and you would say, you know, Pastor, you know, my heart is stirred and, and I, I, I feel God working on me. If you're here and you say, you know what, if I, if I died tomorrow, I don't know where I'd spend eternity in heaven. I don't know that I know that I know that I belong to him. Let me tell you something you can know. Bible says that if we'll ask the Lord, make him Lord of our life and ask him to forgive us, that he'll forgive all of our sins, he'll cleanse us of all unrighteousness, and he'll save us. And he'll be with us, he'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us, and we will in fact spend eternity with him in heaven, with those that went before. The, 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 the Bible says uh, in, in Revelation, Jesus said, behold, I stand at the human heart, the door of the human heart, and I knock. And if any man or woman open up that door of their heart and let me come in, that I will come into their heart and I will be with them. So if you're here today and you say, you know what? I don't know that I'm saved, but I want to be. I don't know that I know this God. Daniel said, those that know their God, they will do great things. You say, I don't even know that I know him. And if you're here, I'm not going to embarrass you, you can, you can get this simple. The Lord is simple. You can get this right where you're seat, seated. If you're here and you say, you know, I don't know that I'm saved. But I want to be. I want to know the Lord. I, I want to ask the Lord to forgive me. I want him to come into my heart. I want that kind of relationship that, that you speak of where he reveals himself to me. He reveals his plan to me. He speaks to me. He, he helps me. He heals me. He delivers me. If you want that, and that's real for anybody here that wants it, so every head is bowed, just say, yes, I, I want to know the Lord. I want to know the Jesus. Raise your hand. Anybody. Looking all around. Anybody. Yes, ma'am, I see that hand. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We had about five hands that went up. I want to give one more opportunity before we pray this prayer together and then open up the altars. If you're here, you may be a Christian and you may be a believer and you know that God. You know the Lord. You know you're a child of God. If you know if anything happened tomorrow, you know you're going to heaven. But if you were honest with yourself, you're not following him. You may be a believer, but you're not a follower. You're not a true disciple. A true disciple is a follower. And the Lord is calling us to more. And maybe you've been before and you, you backslid, but the Bible says that you can come back. So if you're here and you say, you know what? I know I'm a child of God. I know I'm a believer, but I haven't been walking on the path that I need to walk on. I, I haven't been giving my everything. I've been holding stuff back. And that stuff I'm holding back keeps tripping me up, keeps, keeps me from God's best. And I just want to make a proclamation in front of God, in front of the angels, that, that I'm going to rededicate my life to Him and I'm going to give Him my everything. That from this moment on, He's going to have my everything. My everything. And I'm going to follow him the rest of my life. If you're here and you say, yes, I need to rededicate my life to that and give God my everything, just raise your hand up where I can see. Thank you, sir. 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 Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Amen.
Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Hallelujah. As every head about, I just want to lead you with a prayer. And everybody can pray this together with our brothers and sisters. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and 9 that we, we, we are saved by, by the belief in our heart and the words in our mouth, by our confession. So as, 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 as we're getting ready for our altar call, I want you, everybody pray with me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercy on my life. Dear Jesus, I come before you and I ask you to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me. Jesus, I ask that you come into my heart and that you would have your way. Lord, help me to be who you created me to be. Deliver me from my strongholds, God, and heal me of my wounds. Lord, I purpose in my heart to follow you now. Lord, I purpose in my heart to give you everything. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Okay. And if you would stand, the worship team is going to lead us in the song. And prayer team and healing team, if you would come up across here, I want to give you an opportunity. You know, the some things are taught and can stir you up. Some things are called. Amen. And so sometimes we need something. We need a touch from God. And I would say if you're here and you want, to, you want prayer, you want the prayer team to pray with you, I will pray with you, lay hands on you. Let God touch you. Amen. If you have any needs, if you have any struggle, if you have any battle, if you need God to touch you, I say let Him touch you. Amen. Let Him touch you. Sometimes our hearts are hard. Sometimes we, we, we're so tough and we won't let God in and we won't let God help us. So I say let God touch you. Amen. So if you have any prayer need, come up and be ministered to. God bless you guys. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-880-1573. You are Lord, I'm a sinner.